Talk and Pray for Life and Business, faith-based personal development courses and coaching, tapping into our best life. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Cassida for Talk and Pray, and it took me a while to settle into myself. Do you know the feeling? Capable, ambitious, but wanting more? More impact, more success, more satisfaction? Me too. I've been a mompreneur and now maturepreneur. How do you like that term? (laughs) And I have a lifetime of experience, work, family, love, and loss that combined with the truth of scripture have taught me valuable lessons. I have a passion to share that wisdom with women of faith who want more. Welcome to Talk and Pray for Life and Business. Constant Vigilance. Tis the season for all things Halloween, and whether you observe it or not, everywhere you look you'll see witches and goblins and spiderwebs and all things All Hallows Eve related. When I was a kid, we looked forward to trick or treat. It was the one day a year, other than Christmas, we had unlimited access to candy for as long as it lasted in our handy-dandy plastic pumpkins or large paper grocery bag with handles. One memorable Halloween, my very, very pregnant Aunt Frances showed up to take us trick-or-treating, and we thought she was Fat Albert from the cartoon. We were too young to know she was expecting. We didn't talk about those things back in the day, and in our innocence, we didn't notice she was an African-American or a boy like Fat Albert. She was just big and round like him. That was enough. Another year, she dressed as either Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm or Pippi Longstocking. I can't remember which, if either, but her costume was complete with overalls, braided pigtails, and drawn-on freckles. We used pillows, hand-me-downs, feed sacks, sheets, and hats to affect our personas, and we delightedly drove around the neighborhood to collect our goods. My mother wore actual stockings, not pantyhose, stockings with a garter belt, but not the sexy kind, a sturdy cotton girdle-type garter belt in white. Her stockings were not support hose, but they were sheer and suntan, so we always had a supply of face masks to camouflage our identity as we begged door-to-door in our neighborhood. It was only later that we realized every stereotypical bank robber in the world of television wore stockings over their faces. It's a thousand wonders we didn't all turn to a life of crime. Unless you lived under a rock in the last couple of decades, you've probably at least heard of, if not consumed, the billion-dollar franchise of books about a little boy with a great big talent, a pair of John Lennon glasses, and a lightning bolt scar on his forehead, put there by an evil genius that was part human, part snake. Harry Potter took the world by storm. After some trepidation, some groups warned about the evils of witchcraft and sorcery. My family decided the themes of good choices, friendship, and sacrificial love were worth investing in, and we read the books, listened to audio versions, and saw the movies. It's still one of my favorite series, and this time of year, it's fun to bring it out and remember the joy and fun it brought our family. I'm particularly captivated by the character of Alistair Mad-Eye Moody. He first shows up in the fourth novel of the series, The Goblet of Fire. He's an auror, a master at capturing dark wizards, and most of the evil wizards in the wizard prison Azkaban are there because of Mad-Eye Moody. He's kidnapped by an evil
evil wizard who, through polyjuice potion, assumes Mad-Eye's identity in order to infiltrate the wizard school Hogwarts and destroy Harry Potter, the boy who lived when evil genius Voldemort tried to destroy him as an infant. Mad-Eye's catchphrase throughout, or rather his kidnapper and assumer of his identity, Barty Crouch's catchphrase, is constant vigilance. The phrase serves to remind the reader that evil is all around, and Mad-Eye is good at spotting it. And for Barty Jr., the dark wizard kidnapper, it's a reminder that he can be found out at any time if he lets his guard down, forgets his polyjuice potion, or acts in a way that would be uncharacteristic of Mad-Eye. I find myself intrigued with the imposter Mad-Eye's phrase, in my life and business. In a world that is increasingly resistant to the truths of Scripture, that vilifies conservative values, and where people who call themselves Christ followers vilify the people who disagree with them, it's difficult to know what to be vigilant about. As someone who identifies with Jesus, I find myself sympathetic to Barty Crouch Jr. and his imposter syndrome. Scripture says we are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 13, 12. If I'm wearing Jesus, just like old Barty is wearing Mad-Eye, shouldn't constant vigilance be my catchphrase as well? What does it mean to keep on guard? What do I need to consume, like his daily polyjuice potion, to make sure I look in all ways like Jesus looks? How can I be sure I'm acting in a way that is consistent with Jesus? I hear horror stories that put me on my guard. A friend of mine told me about entering a business of a churchgoer she knows. She said she felt like vultures descended upon her when she walked in. She didn't feel like a person. She felt like dollar signs. Pressure was exerted for an upsell of her purchase, and she walked away with guilt and remorse for what she spent. I know of a ministry that has a slew of former employees who left their positions disgruntled and undervalued because they'd been moved like chess pieces on a board without consideration for their gifts, their abilities, or the good of the ministry. One person said of her former boss, he's a toddler. He thinks every whim he has is worthy of implementing without thought for how it affects anyone else. I'm not a person. I'm an asset to be disposed of when he decides he'd rather work with someone else. Ouch. When we bought a house a few years ago, the sellers took great pains to indicate they were Christians. But at the closing, they nearly reneged on the sale because the financer required that they install a $25 handrail on the stairs to the basement. Upon possession of the house, we found things they'd failed to disclose, and it left a sour taste in our mouth. I even quipped afterwards, if they have to tell you they're Christians, probably better not to do business with them. Now, as a business owner and entrepreneur, I think of constant vigilance in terms of myself. I want Christ to be evident in the way I conduct my business in integrity, generosity, grace. I need to be on my guard, but not for the expectation that someone will beat me out of a dime or steal my product or somehow short me of what I deserve. All those things are scarcity mentality and do not reflect the generosity of God to us nor his kingdom economy. Our culture encourages a bottom line mentality. Kingdom economics has a much richer view of success. 
The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Success is excellence and faith and love as we serve others. Paul encouraged them to guard these aspects of character. Financial success is predisposed by excellence, service, generosity, honoring God with our business practices and what we do with success when we get it. I need to be on my guard then that I'm a fair and generous boss, paying a fair wage and building my employees up. An employer who treats people not as commodities, but as image bearers of God. A person whose source is God the Father, not me, grinding to the detriment of family, taking shortcuts that are expedient in the moment, but long-term bad strategy. Constant vigilance that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth as with a muzzle while the wicked are in my presence. David wrote in Psalm 39, 1. Or the words of Jesus, keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew twenty six forty one. Constant vigilance. My polyjuice potion is daily doses of the presence of God, experiencing Him in prayer, meditation, His Word. How can I wear Jesus at work if I don't know what He looks like, how He conducts business, how He instructs us in all manner of life and business through His Word? Zig Ziglar said, people often say motivation doesn't last, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. (laughs) Same with encountering God. His word for yesterday was for yesterday. His word today is for today. I need to be vigilant that I obey what his word commands so that my actions reflect the Jesus that I wear before the world. Constant vigilance means that I under-promise and over-deliver, that I own and correct my mistakes with humility and grace. One of the scriptures my dad used to quote was Proverbs sixteen seven: When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. The first he, the ones who makes it so, is the Lord. Doing the right thing in the right way at the right time I call that formula righteousness plus humility plus divine appointment brings dividends that God himself will pay you. Peter admonished the church in his letter, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. 1 Peter 5, verses 8 through 10. In the Goblet of Fire, Barty Crouch Jr. is captured, of course, and Alistair Mad-Eye Moody is released from his captivity. The catchphrase, constant vigilance, is never uttered by the real Mad-Eye in any of the books that follow. He doesn't have to remind himself to be watchful and alert. It was always a part of his character. He didn't have to worry about slipping up. The day will come when we no longer must put on Christ. 
Because as John writes in 1 John 3, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. 1 John 3, verses 1 and 2. And verse 3 goes on to say, All who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. Daily drinking in His Word, alert that we don't fall into the traps of the devil, nor imitate the world system about which John says, practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. 1 John 2, verses 16 and 17 in the Message Version. The King James and other versions called these worldly predilections the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. They are in direct opposition to a kingdom life and economy. As you conduct business, remember who you are. Remember whose you are. Constant vigilance. Remember to put on Christ, like your favorite sweater, the one that makes you feel hopeful, that makes you feel your best, that makes you feel a hundred percent. Christ is our robe of righteousness. As you wear Jesus to the world, you'll find him transforming you to look exactly like him with rewards only he can give you. Father, most days I give more thought to which shoes I'll wear than I give to you and what wearing you looks like. Your word tells us to be vigilant, to guard our hearts, to be alert and sober-minded, not easily influenced or inebriated by the temporary success the world offers. Forgive me for the times I'm more interested in me than in you, for the times I forget that the people you bring to my business are created in the image of our Father. For the times I'm seduced by my own importance, confident in my work ethic as my source, or delighting in the things that money can buy instead of the things no amount of money can purchase. Give me kingdom vision and raise my desire for your presence. One day, Jesus, I'll see you as you really are and I'll be like you. Thank you for this truth. Help me where you will and reveal you to the world through my life and business. In his sweet name, I pray. Amen. Tomorrow, November 1st, is my birthday. I'm not quite older than dirt yet, but still young enough to appreciate life on this side of the dirt. For my birthday, take a moment to leave a review and a rating so others can find Talk and Pray and be encouraged with the Word, and so I know if the content is resonating with you. Also share the link with women you know who desire a kingdom view of life and business. I'd love to see us grow together. As always, you can find more information about the podcast, such as transcripts of the show and more about Talk and Pray courses, coaching, and speaking at talkandpray.us or talkandpray.us slash podcast. 
And speaking of growing together, if you are a businesswoman or you run the business of your household, I want to collaborate with you in a mastermind experience launching in just a few weeks. We're going deeper than God is your business partner. I've always been troubled by that expression because so many times I've treated him as a silent partner or thought my opinions had equal weight with his. Instead, we'll be looking at Christ's life lived out in our businesses. I'm calling it His Power at Work, based on Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. If you're weary of business the world's way and want biblical perspectives on time, client acquisition, branding, goal setting, cash flow, technology, and more, this mastermind collaboration with like-minded women might be for you. If you'd like to know more, go to talkandpray.us slash mastermind to get more details as this launch comes together. Thank you so much for being with me today at Talk and Pray. Thank you for listening to Talk and Pray for Life and Business. To learn more about the podcast and to get today's transcript, notes, and other content, go to talkandpray.us slash podcast. Join me every Tuesday for more Talk and Pray. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave a positive review if you'd like to hear more content like this. This Talk and Pray podcast is sponsored by Talk and Pray for Life and Business, faith-based personal development courses and coaching. Music is In the Field by Audionautics.com. Look for Talk and Pray on Facebook and Instagram.